Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Friday. It's the 22nd of December. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Iowa's unemployment rate increased to 3.3% in November. That's six-tenths of a percent higher than it was in July and the fourth consecutive month that it has inched up. Beth Townsend, director of the Iowa Workforce Development Agency, says there were about 1,000 job losses in Iowa's professional and business services sector in November, including a reduction in administrative support staff. We also saw a number of people drop out of the workforce, about 6,700 people between October and November. That was mostly due to retirements and students who willingly left the workforce. While we don't like to see a, a reduction in our labor force, that number is not overly concerning at this point. Just over 68 percent of Iowans who are 16 or older and actively seeking employment were working in November. That's about five points higher than the national average. Schools in Iowa are preparing for enforcement to take effect for a state law banning any books that show or describe sexual acts. That's as the law also faces a pair of legal challenges in federal courts. IPR's Grant Gerlock has more. Enforcement measures in the law called SF-496 are set to take effect starting January 1st. At Des Moines Public Schools, Superintendent Ian Roberts says the district did not give teachers a central list of books that must be removed. Collections in classrooms and libraries were looked over by district and building leaders, though, to ensure all the books follow the state's definition of what's age-appropriate. But in terms of having a book banned list, um, we are not going to create a list of books that we're banning in, in Des Moines Public Schools. Two separate lawsuits are aimed at blocking SF-496 before the state can enforce it. A federal judge is set to hear arguments from lawyers representing LGBTQ students as well as teachers and a book publisher. They claim the law discriminates against gay and transgender students and suppresses free speech rights protecting school libraries. The current drought in Iowa is the longest we've seen since the 1950s, according to data from the Department of Natural Resources. 188 straight weeks of abnormally dry conditions have led to extremely low soil moisture levels. Tim Hall is Hydrology Resources Coordinator for the DNR and says that could mean more frozen pipes if there's a stretch of bitter cold later in the winter. That can lead to uh, much deeper frost. So if and when the ground freezes, if it freezes really hard, we could see much deeper uh, frost penetration than normal just because the soils are so dry. If that's the case, there could be some uh, potential utility damage in the future. Hall says December, January, and February are typically the driest months of the year in Iowa. There is the possibility some parts of the state could see more than an inch of rain over the next week. A northeast Iowa animal shelter is managing an unusually high number of animals this year. The Cedar Bend Humane Society is currently caring for nearly 500 dogs, cats, and smaller animals. About half of those are available for adoption. Shelter volunteer and outreach coordinator Felicia Aries says part of the strangely high number may have to do with a return to normalcy. It might have something to do with folks going back to work from COVID, animals over that period of time not being as socialized as they normally would when folks were allowed to go out. So the quarantine period may have had something to do with it. The influx is across the board. 
Surrenders, strays, and medical cases have all played a part in the increase. And a warehouse manager at the Tyson Foods pork plant in Storm Lake has been charged with stealing more than $48,000 of truck equipment and meat from the company and reselling it for personal profit. The Sioux City Journal reports Michael Masters of Albert City was arrested this week and booked into the Buena Vista County Jail on two counts of first-degree theft and two counts of second-degree theft. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion including above and beyond cancer. America's forests are one of the cheapest climate change solutions out there. Several estimates show that forests capture roughly 13% of the nation's carbon emissions each year. But a recent Forest Service report says climate change will lead to forests being net emitters of carbon over the next 50 years. Some environmentalists say that conclusion will lead to more logging and harm climate security. Harvest Public Media contributor Rick Brewer takes us into a national forest in Michigan. I'm trying not to slip and fall on piles of wet twigs and branches, walking towards a timber harvest deep in northern Michigan's Huron-Manistee National Forest. My guide, Matt Bono, the harvest inspector, gives me the play-by-play after the machine picks up a fully grown jack pine out of the ground like a toothpick. Cuts the trees to a certain length that meets our technical specifications and zips them, debarks them, delimbs them, and then it cuts it to length. And this is just one of thousands of timber harvests that take place all across the Forest Service's 145 million acres nationwide to help create various wood products and pulp. Just how many trees should be harvested on national forests has been a long debate. Now the discussion centers around climate change. Conservationists argue national forests can play an even bigger role in soaking up carbon emissions. When forests reach maturity on federal lands, the knee-jerk reaction is to cut them down. They've reached the peak of their value. Zach Porter is a member of the nationwide coalition Climate Forests. Porter argues forests across the Midwest and Northeast have not been allowed to reach their full maturity because the U.S. has been caught in a logging cycle for centuries. Are we willing to make changes based on what the science is telling us, which is that forests function best when left alone? But science is at the heart of this debate. The Forest Service isn't convinced older trees will continue to hold as much carbon in the long term. Every 10 years, the Forest Service files a report on the state of national forests. And this year's study included 50-year carbon projections. A representative from the Forest Service wasn't made available to discuss the report. But it concludes that climate-induced stress will lead to older trees releasing more CO2 than younger ones over the next five decades. Carolyn Ramirez is a staff scientist with the Natural Resources Defense Council in Chicago. She says this conclusion could lead to more logging and further harm climate security. While they didn't make management prescriptions in this report, it's very influential on Forest Service directives. And that there'll be carbon emitters suggests that we need to have younger forests and that we need to be cutting down a lot of the older stuff. The Forest Service says that older trees are not more resilient to climate-caused stress than younger ones. A spokesperson wrote that if strategic thinning does not take place, forests will be more vulnerable to wildfires and could lead to harmful changes to forest ecosystems. Ramirez sees this differently. She says the science is clear that mature and old-growth forests are more resilient. She also says logging releases lots of carbon. 
the Forest Service traditionally underestimates carbon emissions from logging. But when you cut down a tree and you have to move it somewhere and you process it into something, you're losing a lot of that carbon. The Forest Service says they thin forests, not just for timber or reducing wildfire risk, but to keep forests healthy. After tromping through a section of the Huron-Manistee National Forest that was logged several years ago, Forest Service silviculturist Keith Conan explained this area was thinned to reduce stress on trees by giving them more space. And what it does, what that does, is focus uh, available resources such as light, water, nutrients to the residual remaining trees that are left there. And that reduces competition, it increases growth. At the end of the day, the timber industry and logging trends are driven by market demands, not official forest management plans, according to Chad Papa. He's a Ph.D. candidate in the Department of Forestry at Michigan State University. Estimates show over 50 percent of the nation's forests are privately owned. And so by not harvesting someplace, you're most likely just pushing that harvest off to another place instead. And so the net effect is essentially the same. Papa says the Forest Service and these conservationists agree more than they think. They both recognize that national forests are a space for climate solutions, but a path forward will likely have a few stumps in the road. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Rick Brewer. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening this week. <laughs>